Tom Brady is apparently not scary. However, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is. And Chris Godwin's contract looks better by the day following another big wide receiver deal in the NFL. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Jericho, joined by my outstanding co-host, David Harrison. You can check out his written work over at Sports Illustrated's Bucks Game State, BucksGameDay.com. Check out my work over at SB Nation's BucksNation.com. And, of course, you can follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. And we thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast. First listener, first view of the day. It's 2022, and yet we still have to discuss whether or not Tom Brady is a scary quarterback to face. Bucky Brooks, who I love, of NFL.com, listed his top five scariest quarterbacks entering the 2022 NFL season. And in his write-up, Brooks said, quote, there are a handful of quarterbacks who have the star qualities and blue chip traits that led to sleepless nights for defensive coordinators and defenders around the league. The combination of IQ, athleticism, and arm talent makes them a nightmare to defend, and it requires more than just the X's and O's to slow them down. End quote. Brooks would go on to list his top five quarterbacks that are scary in the National Football League as Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs, Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills, Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers, Lamar Jackson of the Baltimore Ravens, and Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. James. I I feel like that gif or that meme of the guy where it's like the super close-up of his face and he just blinks and then is like, excuse me? Like, yeah. okay. I get Patrick Mahomes is scary to face. I get Josh Allen is scary to face. I kind of get Lamar Jackson is scary to face. Where is... I don't know. Maybe I'm a cynic. I like Justin Herbert. Yeah. But why after two years is he just being thrust up in this upper echelon of quarterbacks right. that he has not proven he belongs with? I can't yeah. even put him above Joe Burrow right now. Joe Burrow led a 10-win team through the AFC gauntlet to get to a Super Bowl and almost beat the Los Angeles Rams. But he still falls behind Justin Herbert. I just, I don't get it. And I like Herbert. He's fun to watch. But he does not belong in this conversation. And the fact that 22 years into this man's career, I don't care that he runs a 14-second 40. I don't care that when he runs or uses his athleticism, he looks like he's running in quicksand because We've seen Brady make plays with his legs. We've seen him convert, you know, 10 plus yards to get a first down and it gets everybody hyped up. I don't care that he's a pocket passer. He's scary to face always because, you know, throw the athleticism out the window, throw the arm strength out the window. It's his IQ. He will mentally figure out a way to beat you every single time and the later in the season you get especially into the postseason there's no one scarier period 
than Tom Brady. So I'll do respect to Bucky because I love him too. I think he's absolutely phenomenal, but it's just, it's, it doesn't make any sense to not have the greatest quarterback of all time on a list of quarterbacks that are scary to face. Right. You want to know why Jason was so terrifying in his heyday when Friday the 13th was really kind of taking the country by storm? Because he never ran ever. Because that dude was the slowest, most unathletic serial killer ever. And that's one of the reasons he was so terrifying. Like, you could literally run, jump in a truck, drive for five minutes of movie time, which we know is about three three hours of human time. And as soon as you turn into the Piggly Wiggly, boom, hockey mask and death is what awaits you at a very slow pace. Um, just because Tom Brady can torment his opponents without all of those tools doesn't make him less scary. Actually, it makes him more scary. Like, think about how frustrating that like, you want to talk about being kept up at night. Like, all right, guys, very simple. We don't need to protect the edge. We don't need to keep a guy in spy. We have the use of all of our defenders like we would in any other traditional football setting. But this guy's still going to massacre you. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still going to, to absolutely destroy you unless you're the New Orleans Saints for the last couple of years. You know what I mean? Right. So the New Orleans Saints, like, you're the only guy. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But everybody else, is he uh, the Patrick Brady? Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, guess what? They got nightmares about Tom Brady. Uh, Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, they got nightmares about Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, same thing. Justin Herbert, same thing. Lamar Jackson, I honestly don't know if the Ravens have played Tom Brady. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they have. I don't know, but I don't know what the, the results have been. Look, Lamar Jackson, um, just last year, and I know he was injured for a good part of it, and, and believe me, Lamar Jackson, one of the more talented players in the National Football League, I agree. Lamar Jackson got stopped by the Miami Dolphins pretty easily with zero coverage, zero blitz coverage the entire game. Like, these dudes literally, the Miami Dolphins literally put all 11 defenders inside four yards of the line of scrimmage and just said, run. Like, that's all. They manned up everybody, and they just ran at Lamar Jackson, and it worked. It worked. It it brought up all the questions again about, you know, what what, what did somebody say once he could throw really well for a wide receiver or whatever? It brought all that stuff up. And, and we're wrong. Lamar Jackson's a quarterback. But that should not be able to happen. If you do that against Tom Brady, who can't run, he's going to destroy you. Like, he is going to absolutely destroy you. Um, look, I've been watching a lot of Devontae Adams tape um, because I have to. It's it's a sign to me. I, I didn't have a choice. Um, Aaron Rodgers didn't look that good last year. Like, I'm be honest with you. When you, when you look at the, the tape, and, you know, I'm not, 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 not a film expert by any means, but, you know, I have a little bit. Uh, when you watch the tape, like, Aaron was very inaccurate at a lot of moments last year. And we talked about this already, James. Like, the Chicago Bears could have beat him, but they didn't. The Washington Commanders could have beat him, but they didn't. Like, there were multiple games that the Green Bay Packers could have lost and didn't by the hair of, of a football, which footballs are hairless, but whatever. Um, like, Aaron Rodgers ain't Aaron Rodgers anymore. And, yeah, Justin Herbert, um, Tom Brady's playoff stats – are all those playoff stats more than Justin Herbert has in his career because Justin Herbert has never played in the playoffs. So, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's Chris Sims all over again. I, I guess in a way it kind of is. but in, And I get, I get where Bucky's trying to go with it. But let's face it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he makes more plays with his legs than Tom Brady does, sure. But 
he's not out there running around the way Mahomes or Lamar or Josh Allen are. Like, there, there's no question that he's more in that Brady realm than he's in a realm with the other four guys listed on this list. So how are you going to put Aaron Rodgers in there but not Tom Brady, especially an Aaron Rodgers that no longer has Devontae Adams? So, I don't know. I mean... I get that it's it's the end of June and and people are looking for things to write about. People like us are looking for things to talk about. And, you know, Bucky provided us with that. And, and I'm sure he's gotten plenty of comments about, you know, what about Joe Burrow? What about Tom Brady? What about uh, Russell Wilson? You know, what about yeah. all these other guys? Um, so if you're picking five, yes, somebody's going to have to be left off the list. Right. Someone's but number if- six. Right, but as long as Tom Brady is a living, breathing entity walking on a football field, uh, he's always going to be one of the top five scariest players to face. Yeah, I mean, as long as Justin Herbert doesn't have a playoff appearance or win, he's not going to be. Like Tony Romo, one of the biggest digs on him is he couldn't win in the postseason. Well, Justin Herbert hasn't even been. And granted, two seasons in, I love the kid too. And I will admit, I was way off on him in in my pre-draft analysis i mean we weren't looking for a quarterback for any teams that we were covering anyway but i was off on my assumption of him i then became a fan of his almost more than a lot of people and now it's it's again it's flip-flopping just kind of like my dak prescott situation where now people are crowning him before he deserves uh to be crowned the other thing i'll say bucky brooks he knew he was wrong because i'll tell you right now if you read the nfl.com article that bucky bucky wrote which i recommend you do he wrote more words about justifying why tom wasn't on the list then he wrote for any of the quarterbacks he put on the list. Think about that. Think about like this is a guy who comes to you he's like, listen, I don't want to be rude, but and then goes on like a 10 minute spiel about why he's about to be rude to you and then is rude to you because you know you're wrong. You know you're wrong, Bucky. It's okay. We still love you. Who's not wrong, James, are the great people at Rock Auto. And we're going to talk about them before we talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, maybe being a little overrated compared to a quarterback being underrated. And again, rockauto.com with the ever-increasing numbers and makes the models of vehicles. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car is ever going to need. You want evidence? I went to an auto parts store this weekend. I needed one of two separate kinds of belts. I wanted this belt. They only had the other belt. I didn't have time to wait for the mail, so I had to go with the belt that I didn't want, and that is my story of local part, auto parts stores. They don't have all the parts you're ever going to need. RockAuto.com does. So if you have the time and you have a computer, which if you have a computer or a phone in your pocket, you have access to RockAuto.com. You can get any part you need. Why would you spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts at a chain store car dealership than what you can get it for on RockAuto.com? A family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years with with prices that are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts need. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on. And they're how did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you a main selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Thanks for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listen or your first view every single day. James Pro Football Focus uh, and, and our good friend Trevor Sikama. Actually, he didn't do these rankings, but I just want to throw his name out there. Ranked the top secondaries in the National Football League heading into the 2022 season. The Baltimore Ravens came in at number one with cornerbacks Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey, nickel corner, nickelback, Kyle Fuller, safeties, Chuck Clark and Marcus Williams, and coming in at the prestigious place number two 
the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Carlton Davis, the third cornerback, Jamel Dean, cornerback, Nickelback, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Edwards, the safeties coming at number two, James. Now, I know why they're they're overrated in this ranking. Why? Why do you think they're overrated? Well, first and foremost, I never said they were overrated. You came in hot saying that that they were overrated. I will say this. Looking at the way Pro Football Focus broke this down, and they mm-hmm. did it in different tiers. And so tier one is where do offenses even attack? Yeah. So outside of the Bucks, you have the Cleveland Browns, the Green Bay Packers, Miami Dolphins, Buffalo Bills, New Orleans Saints, Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. I do feel the Buccaneers absolutely belong in with those other teams. Maybe not number two. Maybe you're looking down at like number five, number six. Yeah, you take a look at the Miami Dolphins at number five. Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Nick Needham, Javon Holland, uh, Brandon Jones. You take a look at the New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints secondary always worries uh, Buccaneers fans. Marshawn Lattimore, Paul Sinadibo, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Tyron Matthew now, Marcus May. I mean, that's a scary group. So the Buccaneers in their own right, they have a scary group mm-hmm. as long as they can get it together. If, if they're going to be in that tier one, You have to see Carlton Davis live up to the contract, which I believe he can, and I believe he will. But we've also seen guys that earned that big fat paycheck and then start to fall apart. Right. The most famous of those that comes to mind would be running back Chris Johnson from the Tennessee Titans. Um, You need to see a step up from Jamel Dean, and you need to see a major jump up over last season from Sean Murphy Bunting. And again, I'm not sure how much recovering from that injury really set him behind down the stretch last year. I think it played a significant role, but seeing a healthy Sean Murphy Bunting out there this year is really going to tell the story. Was it injury related or did he really regress in his role as a corner on this team? So I do feel that the Buccaneers have one of the better secondaries in the NFL I do believe they belong in that tier one, but maybe not quite number two. I still like the idea of maybe maybe that five to six range in that tier one. Yeah, I will tell you right now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary belongs in tier two, which is minor Ooh. question marks. Now, they might belong in the top of tier two, okay, minor question marks, because here's the thing. Tier one, as you said, is where do offenses even attack? So if I'm being honest about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary, you want to know where offenses should attack? I'm going to tell you where offenses should attack. Dallas Cowboys pro scouts, pay attention. I'm about to tell you the secrets. Sean Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards, that's where you attack. You come out three wide. That puts Sean Murphy Bunting in the nickel roll, right? Moves him inside. You motion your slot man to the outside, and you see, is Sean Murphy Bunting following him? If he is, what does that tell us? It tells us we're most likely in man coverage, right? If he doesn't follow him, it tells us we're probably in zone or they switched man. Even if they switched man, now it means that you have the receiver you don't want on Sean Murphy Bunting on somebody else. So what do you do in that situation? You tell your tight end or your large receiving running back. You see Mike Edwards, you run to him, you turn around, you post him out. I'll drop you, I'll drop you a pass into the paint. Slam dunk. We'll take that home all day long. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a question at the strong safety position, and it's, it's no shade to Mike Edwards. He's more of a cover safety than he is a strong a box safety. It's just it just is what it is. The Buccaneers have a question at the safety position. So if they have a question at the safety position, then we can't put him in 
this position or this tier, this top one tier, when top two tier or tier two says minor question marks. They do have some minor question marks. Still good. Don't get me wrong. But I can look at three secondaries, even if we want to keep them in tier one, that are that are better on paper right now. And again, training camp still come, preseason still come. We still got to see how they perform. Absolutely would love to at the end of the season, somebody remind me that I said all these things and eat my words here uh, on the show. Would absolutely love that. But if I'm being honest with you, the Los Angeles Chargers secondary, better. The Buffalo Bills secondary, better. And yes, guys, I know you're going to hate me for this. The New Orleans Saints secondary, they're better on paper. Yeah, I, I would agree that the Saints are probably better on paper. Um, but again, and, and I, I, I can see where you're coming from, absolutely. And I can see how you would put them in that minor question marks um, category. On the flip side, maybe the structure, and I, I know I'm kind of nitpicking PFF right here, maybe the structure isn't so great. You can't have eight secondaries in tier one and say that none of these yeah. secondaries have no question marks and where do offenses right. go. Maybe limit that to like the top four. We're talking, yeah. you know, the the Saints, the the Ravens, uh, the Bills, and I don't know. Yeah. Not I, the Cleveland Browns with Grant Delpit as a strong safety. Right, and, and I'm not – I wouldn't put the Packers up there. Uh, I wouldn't put the Packers there. I wouldn't put the Dolphins there. Not, I mean, some of their players, sure, top tier, group, you know what yeah. I mean? But as a group, I, I'm, I'm with you. I wouldn't put the Packers there. I mean, honestly, if, if it were me on the subject, uh, I, I would put the Ravens in there, the Bills, the Saints, and the Chargers. There's your I, top tier. I think I agree with you completely. And then the Bucks still fall in that five or six range where I, right. I thought they should fit. But yeah. now you're in the some question marks tier, right? right? Because – and – who knows? Maybe we're we're down there at camp or we're watching them play and we can see right out of the gate. Jamel Dean is really playing his butt off and, and Sean Murphy bunting is vastly improved. And we're like, OK, all yeah. right, maybe maybe we are starting to click a little bit and, and maybe they get in into the, the regular season. And, you, you know, they have that opening brutal stretch in those first four games. Yeah. Maybe they come out of that three and one and yeah. secondary already has, you know, four takeaways. Or, or whatever it is, and it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have to eat our words, you know, and, and give PFF their props. But I like the secondary. I think you like the secondary, but that doesn't yeah. mean that they're an impenetrable force. Right. It means they have the potential to be some absolute studs, but we got to see it because there, there was a huge regression last season. Yeah, I mean, look, top five is still great, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Only in this world could somebody get mad at us for saying the Buccaneers are top five defense or secondary in the National Football League. But somebody will absolutely curse my name because of what I just said and, and probably curse you for not totally disagreeing with me. Uh, but look, if it makes you feel any better with the with all the rankings, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals still have Eli Apple, and yet they're still listed at number 10. So I don't know if we can trust any of these rankings, to be quite honest with you. Well, Eli Apple is the question marks. I mean, they're in the sum yeah, question marks like here. Number 32. No, like he's... He's just, he's, he's so just number three. like, if it wasn't for Eli Apple, Jesse Bates would have a new contract. I don't know how, oh. but somehow it's, it's his fault. Jesse Bates may not even play, but that's a story for another podcast. Uh, you know, look, and, and the Buccaneers made the right move by signing Chris Godwin early on in the process, because now his contract looks like an absolute steal. But first betonline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. 
Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including next year's NFL futures, next year's NHL futures, and Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today, use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Terry McLaurin finally got his deal done with the Washington Commanders, signing a three-year, $71 million extension. And I hear you all through the podcast and through the whatever you're watching YouTube on saying, James, why are you talking about Terry McLaurin and the Commander football team on a Buccaneers podcast? Well, that's because, because it's awesome. That's because I do love me some Terry McLaurin, but it's, it's because scary. It's because that his deal and now a few others that have happened over the course of this offseason makes the Bucks deal with Godwin look so much better. Not that it looked bad to begin with, but now it looks like you got Chris Godwin on the cheap. Field Yates posted on Twitter the wide receiver deals done over this offseason. Devontae Adams, five years, $142 million. Tyreek Hill, four years, $120 million. Probably <laughs> 30 of that is just to deal with Tua Tungavailoa. A.J. Brown, four years, $100 million. Stephon Diggs, four years, $96 million. Cooper Cup, three years, $80.1 million. Terry McLaurin, three years, $71 million. DJ Moore, three years, $61.88 million. Then you have Chris Godwin and Mike Williams, three years, $60 million. How in the blue blazes yeah. is DJ Moore making more money than Chris Godwin. What a yeah. world. Yeah, I mean that it's it's insane, you know, and and even with Chris Godwin's ACL injury, like honestly, that isn't even what what is going to is going to decline this. I mean, look, you look at the Christian Kirk deal, that was something that, you know, when people like oh, yeah. When things aren't officially announced, like even before things are officially announced, people know what is being talked about, right? And, I mean, there were some rumors about the Terry McLaurin contract that were kind of going around. They're unsubstantiated, you know, so, like, this this isn't a report or confirmed. But, like, there were there were rumors or speculation that, you know, that Terry's camp was looking for, like, $27 million a year. And, honestly, I think everybody anticipated that's basically just, look, we're going to shoot high. You come down. We'll meet somewhere uh, in the middle, basically, right? But... That's the the quote unquote, you know, word. I don't even call it word on the street. That's like the word in the cloud. I don't even know what to call it. But Christian Kirk getting $18 million a year in, in annual average value on his contract. You knew Chris Godwin was going to get $20 million. Look, ACL or no ACL, Terry McLaurin signs a contract. And look, Spot Track and, and, and over the cap are going to report Terry McLaurin's deal as $23.3 million in average annual value. That's because this is a true three year extension. So Terry is playing this year on his current rookie deal. So it's a one-year, $3 million contract this year. Then the new three years kick in. The actual three-year deal, like you said, James, $71 million. The annual a- average value on that is $23.6 million. 
Now, we had projected that he was going to get like 22 and a half, right? 22 and a half. If he's asked for 27, you come in at 23.6. We're pretty darn close in that ballpark. So if Terry McLaurin gets $23.6 million on a three-year deal, annual average value, and oh, by the way, the early reports are like 75 or 80% of that is guaranteed money, which is a very high amount of guaranteed money. What do you think Chris Godwin's going to get? Even with the ACL. Now you're talking 25 mil minimum that you're going to have to put Chris Godwin on to get him to put pen to paper minimum, right? And that's more than Stephon Diggs. That's 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 AJ Brown uh, type of money. But instead, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have Chris Godwin on $20 million, have a Super Bowl champion uh, caliber wide receiver. And, and I mean, you want to go down the list even further. Mike Evans is sitting at $16.5 million annual average value. Now, of course, that's going to be a deal. That's got to get dealt with sooner rather than later. But still, you know, that's 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 just where you are with this Buccaneers roster. So, I mean, it's just again, it's it's why, you know, when people say, you know, player, you know, teams have all this time and, you know, you have the franchise tag deadline uh, in June to extend guys who are franchise tagged. This is why you don't want to wait. And and honestly, I, I tweeted something earlier about the Terry McLaurin situation. I think it was after Cooper Cup's deal. Uh, and even uh, Hunter Renfro's deal, like Hunter Renfro with the, with the Raiders, like his deal didn't break the top five or ten in annual average value, but that is still a marker that his agent can look at and be like, bro, if, if Hunter Renfro is getting this, mm-hmm. our guy is going to get this. And I said every single time, every single time a new wide receiver got a new deal, his agent was out there with a the cal- calculator just punching in numbers, hitting decimals, and the Washington Commanders are like, oh, man, here we go, more money. I mean, it's still a good deal as far as I'm concerned for a guy like Terry McLaurin who's put up the, the numbers that he has over the years with the quarterback play that he's had. Um, but yeah, just it's, it makes you count your blessings. I hope if you're a Buccaneers fan that your favorite team was able to get their deal done with their star receiver uh, early in this wide receiver market explosion. Yeah. It's you, you hear fans all the time. Oh, he should take a hometown discount. He should take a hometown discount. This right here is as hometown discount as you are going to get having Chris Godwin on a three-year, $60 million deal, because I don't know. You can call me biased all you want. I'm taking Chris Godwin over DJ Moore. I'm yep. taking him over Terry McLaurin. Yep. I'm taking him over A.J. Brown. Yep. I'm probably taking him over Tyreek Hill, and I yep. realize Tyreek has that explosive speed that Godwin doesn't don't have, care. but Chris Godwin is a better overall receiver. He's yep. a more versatile receiver. He's a more reliable receiver. Yeah, the only the only players that I think on this list that I would take over Godwin would be Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Cooper Cup. Like that's it. I'm Stefan Diggs is the only one I immediately say yes to, but I'm not gonna lie. I kind of just love the dog that's in Stefan Diggs. Like I love the dog in the fight yeah. in Stefan Diggs. Cooper Cup, honestly, and I hate this phrase, but Cooper Cup is very talented, but he's also very system friendly. Like, like the Rams have done a really good job of doing things for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup can't go to any system, any scheme. And if your coaches don't adjust for Cooper Cup, be as successful. So, you know, and again, not trying to detract anything, but guys like Devontae Adams, you're right. Like Devontae Adams can survive in any scheme. Tyreek Hill can't. Like Tyreek Hill is a very limited resource now or, or limited capacity, right? He, he only performs on, on a certain level. He's kind, he's kind of like the Eagles. Like you turn on an Eagles CD, you're, you know what you're getting. It's the same stuff. Every song is the same style, the same kind of feel to it. Still very good, but it's the same kind of stuff versus, I don't know, Queen. Like Queen, you know what I mean? Like you, every track could be an adventure. So I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody, but it made sense to me. So that's my only downfall with Tyreek Hill. Yeah. So 
again, we we here at the Lockdown Bucks podcast thank friend of the show, Chris Godwin, for all you OGs out there. Remember when we had Godwin on his first couple of years in the league back before the show really took off. And, and we thank him for taking that team-friendly deal because we're excited to cover him over the course of the next 30 years. And with that, we are going to get out of here. We thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or view every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason does not equal a break in the action. We're going to be back on Friday. If you have any questions, comments, topics, concerns, hopes, dreams, wishes, go ahead and send those in via email to LockdownBucksPodcast at gmail.com or give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 813-444-5841. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow along on Twitter at LockdownBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked On Bucks.